Welcome to the Bad Movie Night Podcast, covering the worst movies you've never seen. Go to our website, badmovienightpodcast.com, to watch our show and to listen to other episodes of our podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to Bad Movie Night. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Bad Movie Night Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm going to be your host tonight as we talk about the 1987 horror movie, Open House. Tonight I am joined by Todd, Aaron, and Rebecca. How's everybody doing? Hey. Not too bad. Yeah. I stayed awake for a whole movie again. I know. It's really surprising, too. on a too. roll. Yeah. I, uh, if there was one movie that I thought you would fall asleep to, this would have been it. But I feel surprisingly refreshed. I don't know. Maybe it just was so like mind-numbingly boring that in reality we kind of did you took sleep. A, you took a nap half through yeah, is like what happened? my mind rested, but my body stayed awake. That's That's got to be some sort of real medical condition, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so like just I said. Make sure, just make sure it doesn't happen while you're driving. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that don't matter because then I'll just die. And Isn't that, that ever? Did that ever happen to you? Where you just like get somewhere? Yeah. You're like, how how did I get here? Oh yeah. That All sort of happened with this movie, right? Like you got to the end and you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> how did we get here, Except guys? Except for it was really oh. long and drawn out as we were getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of feels the, like my the last, marriage. I, I knew out. Chris was going there. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we moved, there'd be days where I'd like get off the highway, blah blah blah, and I'm like, where, where, where am I? I was going to my old house. Like it was really weird how that happens. You just go complete autopilot. You have no idea when you're lost you're in thought. Yeah, twenty minutes the opposite direction, and all of a sudden you like snap to, and you're like, "Wait, what? Why am I here?" Like, dude, that's your, crazy. Your brain is super powerful. You my brain that is sometimes. super powerful. Well, not yours, just in general. Oh, oh, okay. So I was out last week. Thank you, Todd, for filling in and watching TC two thousand. Sorry, I missed it. I was a little annoyed after listening back that you guys didn't even mention that Matthias Hughes is in it, also known as the Digital Man or I Come in Peace. You guys didn't even mention it. Oh, I knew that guy looked familiar. I didn't know where he came from. That's all right. This is why I have to be on the show, I guess, because I'm a big Matthias Hughes fan. Number one (laughs) Matthias Hughes fan up in here. Would you say you're a huge Hughes fan? (laughs) (laughs) So, tonight... I, I think I see what she did. I, yeah, I see what she did. Tonight we watched Open House, slasher movie from 1987. Movie's about a serial killer dubbed the Open House Killer, who has been murdering real estate agents. Meanwhile, the killer is then taunting a Frasier-esque radio host psychologist who is in a relationship with a real estate agent uh, played by Adrian Barbeau. Who, Bacon and scrambled egg. And she eventually becomes <laughs> a target for this killer. No Frasier reference? You didn't like my Frasier I reference? I like your Frasier reference, but I was trying to stay on point with the plot. Sorry, that was really it's com- good. It's coming again. That was a solid Frasier reference, Todd. Solid, solid Frasier reference. I am a Frasier fanatic. Super fan. That was a good show. That was a good show. I'm just kidding. I only watched like one episode ever. Really? Oh, man. You missed out. <clears throat> Maybe two. That must explain your terrible personality. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> so, Todd, what did you think of Open House? 
I got a really poignant comment about this one, Chris. It's poignant. Oh, like a fine wine. Like a, I don't, eh? Maybe. We'll look up poignant later. Yeah. Uh, this movie needs a highlight reel. It was some pretty cool parts, but just like a bunch of shit in between. So slow and like when there was action, it was good. I was entertained. And I think that's why I didn't fall asleep because it sort of kept me going. I'm like, there's got to be another highlight coming here. There's got to be one. And there was for the most part. But yeah, the the ending was terrible and there was just a bunch of crap in between that that wasn't entertaining. I agree. Let's not spoil the ending yet, but I will agree about your sentiments there. Aaron, what'd you think? I found it really boring. Um, so, <sighs> slasher movies aren't really my thing. But when I watch a slasher movie, I want to see some actual slashing. And other than a few little bits and pieces here and there, there really wasn't a lot of gore in this movie at all. Um, it just felt like there was no real plot. I don't want to... I want to touch on this subject later, but I would question whether or not this is actually a slasher movie. Me too. And at the end, then we kind of reveal that there's a bit of social commentary on gentrification or, or, or housing crises. And I wonder if like that was just thrown in at the end or if that was the whole point of the movie and it just uh, didn't yeah. have any impact. Rebecca, what did you think? Um, I was pretty much bored the entire time. I think and that says those... a lot because you were you were hanging out with Todd Haldman. Yeah, yeah. So he, it takes a lot to bore me. <laughs> radiates uh, fun and energy, um, especially when we're watching how, these movies. <laughs> how dare how dare you, sir? I do radiate fun, which is why uh, you sleep through half the movies we watch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it disappointed you. Yeah, it lost me pretty early on and never won me back. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought the premise was interesting. Like, a movie about real estate and a horror movie about real estate and open house uh, setting was kind of interesting to me. I don't know what you guys if thought. That's, if that's where we stop the premise, then I'm interested. Right. Yes. But it, to, it, it goes back a little bit to what Aaron said a couple seconds ago. It all depends if they're sitting in that room drinking their faces off like i got a great idea for a social commentary on gentrification or if they just wanted to make a slasher movie about open houses you know what i mean yeah it's but either way uh, if they would have committed to one of those things it could have been yes could have been pulled off in a way that was interesting and fun but this was just like everybody else said i found it to be kind of dull and boring and i also thought that it kind of teetered a weird line of like half the movie felt like a made for tv um doogie hauser episode (laughs) where there's a killer so it's like non-offensive like it's just kind of you know i mean like it was light and then it it went to where it was exploitative where it was like these just breastuses and some extreme violence occasionally yeah and it's it's strange it was half the movie in like two second intervals it would be it was literally that harsh of a switch right it's like Doogie well, Hauser music. You could hear that. Yeah, all exactly. of a sudden, really intense. All of a sudden, tits everywhere. All of a sudden, really intense again. It was like the keyboard player was watching the movie as he's writing the music, and he's like, oh, this is like a Doogie Hauser scene. And then all of a sudden, he's like, and went dissonant. And he's like, oh, shit, things getting real here. Oh, no, we're back to Doogie Hauser. <laughs> that has bizarre. to be, but that has to be rough cuts, though, right? 
That's not. They didn't actually do that on purpose. That's just like poor editing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think. I think it is at least. I will say though that like the production values were fine. Everything mm-hmm. was lit nicely. It was shot okay. Some of the kill scenes I thought were were kind of poorly shot. Um, as to you couldn't really tell what was going on some of the times, and some of the times maybe it was more the editing, where especially the first kill, it was just like obnoxious in a <laughs> oh, way no, that, was that was humorous. That was great. That was like super campy, right? That was that's very a campy. highlight though. That would definitely be in my highlight reel. Like if that's what this movie was, I'd totally watch it. But it's not a lot of that. No, it's, it's like not. It's a tease. F- fifteen minutes of that and an hour and fifteen minutes of shit. Yeah, fifteen minutes of that and ten of it was the girl screaming. <laughs> Kept cutting. It was a, a scene in which. A couple, well, a real estate agent and a man were looking at an open house. She was introducing this guy to this house, kind of showing him around, also seducing him at the same time. Which no, was a bit no, weird. no, no, you're on the wrong one. Oh, fuck yeah, me, this running. this was the Asian the, couple. This was the extremely racist <laughs> real estate agent uh, with, with the Asian you're couple. Right. I she think- was, so this lady said on multiple times, your people while she's talking to an Asian couple. One of the times, oh, uh, wh- well, one of the times specifically referencing their tidiness. She knows how their people don't like messy things. And then, and then she tells them there's an origami garden out back <laughs> when what she means is a bonsai garden. Wait, are, but are you confusing racism with <coughs> ignorance? I mean, there is a difference, isn't there? Like, racism uh, is like willfully being an ass about things we're being ignorant it's just uh it's 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 not but that's by a different definition of ignorant i see what you're saying you're saying uh naive or right right or not something. even like willful ignorance just general ignorance to things i mean okay yeah the things she said were terrible but she didn't mean it in a in a uh, derogatory manner. Like she was just yeah, saying, "Yeah, I the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions." Like I feel like I'm specifically averse to that just because of the place we live. Just because you didn't mean to make the Asian people feel really bad, I feel like it's still your fault. That's just my opinion. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're so probably this right. Get, this gets a little <laughs> off track, but like I think a lot of the way the world is the way it is right now is because. Anytime anybody says anything like slightly wrong or doesn't know better, they're instantly labeled like a racist asshole, which leads to them being more extreme and embracing it half the time. I don't know. I guess I just look at like what's going on Facebook and stuff and I see this stuff and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? This is a whole nother conversation, man. Sorry to derail. Well, and the the guy didn't seem to care in the he least. Actually, I mean, he, actually, he like he bought the house. Her. Yeah, he's like, by the <laughs> way, that's bonsai, not origami. That's right. the paper folding. I'll take yeah. the house. You guys didn't think he was talking down to her a little bit, though, since she didn't know the difference between bonsai and. To me, origami. she kind of oh, so, deserved so he's a racist. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it felt like he'd been there before. Like he's dealt with this kind of stuff. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, you're. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your guys' claim was. He seemed to be okay with it. I'm saying he wasn't okay with it. He was talking to her like she's an idiot for for not knowing the difference. Not that that's okay either, but I digress. I also feel like, Aaron, maybe your comment that like anything now is construed as being racist yeah. is hard for a white person to say. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
No, no, you're right. You're right. I just feel like I don't know what I can and can't say anymore. And I don't want to, I don't mean to be offensive to people. I don't want to come across like that. But there's times I'd probably say things like, okay, at work, I may like see like three ladies oh, in another apartment. I was and I'll hoping we'd like, get examples. I'll be like, hey guys, what's going on? Apparently that's offensive to some people. Because I what? call them guys instead of that's like, that's not, hello, yeah, that's, female coworkers. Or, you know, that's I, I don't wildly. know where the line ends with this shit anymore and i'm so confused uh, I, I feel like guys is probably okay I, I do that's way different from saying i think your people i know your people like well, things clean i did point out if you watched our video our karate cop video mark had said these three girls or something two girls and i did stop him because i feel like that's a little offensive when we're talking about women like if you're so talking about two offensive? men yeah, I feel like if they're two yeah. women doing something, you don't say two girls. Like, you wouldn't say two boys. I don't know. I don't know. But if a lady, like, he would be like, hey, boys, what you guys up to or something, I wouldn't be offended in the slightest. I think context matters, too. I don't yeah, know. Anyways. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, wait, wait. The only time I was ever offended is when I went to a restaurant with friends and the waitress was like, how about you, big guy? Aren't you buying any food? <laughs> See, I'm offended by that. Are you? What, because I'm fat? I No, I'm not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it didn't offend me in the slightest. I feel like my friends be, are I... like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. She just called you fat. And I'm like, I don't. I'm just not hungry. I'll take a <laughs> glass of water. I don't know. I didn't mean to derail this whole thing. I just like sometimes we. Well, okay. But I mean, the point so of the scene, I think, was supposed to be humorous. So, yes. again, that's a thing. Like, the, it's a joke. Like. And I feel like I the know. 80s were a different time, too. Oh, yeah. That they could do that in the 80s, and people would think it was funny, but now if they did something like that, it would be... Casual racism. Be, yeah. And casual sexism definitely were alive and well in the 80s. Yes. So, but, like uh, a movie like Gun Ho, <laughs> which basically makes fun of Asians in a lot of ways... Wait, what? Not, Talking to your mic. Like, like, like thinking like the movie Gung Ho, Michael Keaton... Oh, Getty Wananabe? I love that movie. Yes, exactly. But that movie is all about the cultural differences and him being ignorant to them and trying to understand where these people are coming from and everything. That's right. the whole point of the movie. It's a great movie. Exactly. A great movie. Uh, is I that, feel like... Was he a racist in that movie? Sure. Or he just ignorant? He probably was. Yeah, he was. He was ignorant and, by his ignorance, being a racist. I, I'm sorry. I, I have to take a huge pause here. I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to educate everybody listening what the actual definition of ignorance is, too. Because we constantly misuse it all around. Not just us. I mean, everybody constantly misuses it. To be ignorant is to willfully ignore something. That's where the base of the word comes from. Hmm. But too often we use it to mean <sighs> just something like something like, knowledge. Something like naive or not mm-hmm. aware yes, or okay. something like that. It's, I'm just uh, I'm using it to point out the diff- I I think ignorance is a problem much around here much now sure i think i think i think i don't have a problem with naivete necessarily if you are literally too dumb to know you're being offensive then i don't necessarily have a problem with that but if you're willfully ignorant yes that's an issue all right well then back to the movie i feel like that woman was naive (laughs) i think she was too and 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 not for nothing you said chris in the 80s when this movie was made <clears throat> that that might have been considered funnier. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that was a comic relief it was, type thing. It was it was funny in a way that it was like, wow, this is just bad. Like this is awkward and 
it was funny in that it was it was like she was horribly racist. <laughs> and the whole point of us talking about that was to say, by the way, that not but three minutes later, she goes into the bathroom after she like makes the sale. The guy wants to buy the house. She goes into the bathroom and finds a dead girl there. <laughs> well, and then she then she screams for about four minutes. Right. So that's uh, that's like the beginning of the movie. But I didn't want to mention she's trying to sell this house to this Asian couple. Right. We mentioned that. But she goes into the kitchen and finds like a dog food can or something open on the floor and a whole bunch of ants. But they made a point yeah. of showing like a thousand ants all over the place. I didn't know if that was supposed to be like symbolism for something. You're looking too deep. I you think, think. I'm looking the, too deep? What's okay. the symbolism? I don't know. That's why I was bringing up the question. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to be gross, and she needed to get them out of the house so she could clean it up quick and try to sell, sell the, the house, house as quickly as possible. Okay. So, yeah, then she does go into the bathroom, stumbles upon a dead body, and a screaming scene of showing a dead body, showing her screaming, showing a dead body, showing her screaming, plays out for literally a minute, and it was amazing. And that's, like, within the first five, ten minutes of the movie, and I was yeah, pretty that's... excited at that point. I don't know about you guys, because I thought, no, I this was is excited. what we're going to get. Like, this I was is great. excited. We had... That's highlight number one right there. Todd, you had your, your racism. Um... Ca- casual racism. <laughs> casual racism. Uh, and then uh, a, a super cheesy, campy death scene. Yep. Which are like, if you look at the checklist of things you want in a movie, there you go. <laughs> check, check them both off, guys. <laughs> Definitely some over-the-top acting in the beginning. So where did it go wrong? <laughs> where do you think it went wrong? How long was it until the next quote-unquote highlight? I mean, I don't even know. I'm asking for guesses. I don't think it was that long. I think like about the first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie were, were fairly entertaining. We had a few death scenes. Like we, we were then established with another couple uh, or another two people, one being another real estate agent and another guy looking at buying a house. And These are all expensive houses, by the way. That's, that's key to the eventual plot point of the story. Yeah, these, where does this houses, take place? Uh, California, Malibu, I think. Or Malibu. Yeah, Malibu. These, these were all, there was a slide deck going around at some point, and it was all like these really expensive houses. They're talking about million-dollar houses, $900,000 houses. And for some reason, the real estate companies in charge, too, were all run by women. Well, the first one, yeah, Grant Real Estate, run by Adrian Barbeau, and features an all-woman staff, I think. But their uh, the other company was Pillar Realty, run by like this sexist old man. Uh, but okay, maybe run by. But every single real estate agent in the movie was a woman. There was never a male real estate agent. Showing I thought Resnick house. Resnick was a real estate agent too, wasn't he? Because he kept he? coming yeah, after. I think he was after uh, what's her name? Sorry, Lisa, I believe it was Lisa Grant. Mm-hmm. Adrian so- Barbo. So he was coming after her houses is the deal. Yeah, he was basically those two he was kind of trying to steal her business or steal her okay. her, her sales. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little unclear, but the plot was a bit confusing in the movie too, so. Well, I think there's a lot of time spent in the movie at the radio station and there's all these weird phone calls that you have to listen through and things. And I think that 
there's too much time spent there and not enough time spent on the rest. To me, that just feels very disjointed. Yeah, I think that was the downfall of the movie was introducing this radio host and his connection to the movie and how he kind of became the main character in the movie. Well, and the the radio show is what started off the movie. Did we talk about that already? That's that's a great point. So they start off with a girl in a phone booth who's talking to the psychologist and kind of going back and forth. It seems as though she's talked to him before and he's not really being helpful to her, I guess, as far as she sees. And she ends the call by shooting herself, which was a really dark way to start the movie yeah and and in retrospect not really that serves topical no it comes back never because there's no relation to anything else the the only relation is the doctor right 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 but had you not said anything i wouldn't even remembered it because it it literally impacts nothing in the plot later in the movie which is really stupid that's that's why kind of why i questioned it being a slasher movie one of the like main points of a slasher movie is that like the characters have a past event in which some, some sort. something occurs mm. that causes this villain to come about generally. But this nothing this this killer comes from nowhere and has no relationship to anybody in the movie. Yeah. Right. Here's we the had thing, a few ru- running theories. Sorry, yes. God. No, no, that's I was just going to say the same thing. We had a couple we had a couple theories but we is it worth putting all that crap in just to foster people's BS theories the whole way through the movie? Do you think they intentionally did that? Or like, what were they thinking? Uh, yes, that is good if the payoff works out in a way that is interesting. But in this this case, I don't want to spoil it quite yet, but it doesn't, it doesn't work out in any way, right? No, no, no. The payoff was not worth it. What did you guys think of David, the radio host? I thought he, he was, was okay. Douchey. You thought he was douchey? But I think he's uh, supposed to be douchey. He's a yeah. radio psychiatrist, yeah. right? He's, right like so. a, he's like a young Frasier. Did you Frasier think Frasier was, probably, was douchey? Frasier was douchey when he, he was, was young. Douchey, Frasier, but he was was douchey. Frasier was douchey, but he was lovable. Frasier was douchey when he was like, old. He was, he was like self-aware with it. But I, David was just, eh. I feel like this is a plot line that would not be relevant to this day. Is there currently radio DJ psychiatrists with call-in lines? I think on, on AM stations. Yeah, I was going to say on Lara. AM radio. Okay. Dr. Lars There's a lot of AM talk shows. To, to oh, me, God. it just kind of felt like an outdated kind of storyline. Well, it is from 87. Did you ever say see that movie, uh, the Clint Eastwood movie, uh, Play Misty for Me? No. no. Okay. Never even heard of it. Do you do anything but watch movies? <laughs> how have you seen so many goddamn movies? Like, how's that one even on your list? I don't know. <laughs> what do you want from me? Play, what's it called again? Play, Play Misty, Misty for me. me. It's, a, it's a classic. I think it's like one of Clint Eastwood's first movies that he directed. <laughs> but anyways, okay, never mind. Irrelevant. <laughs> The only connection this killer has with this radio DJ is that he occasionally calls in and taunts the DJ. Is that the guy talking about the gas and farts and stuff? Or no, no, that wasn't him. No. Harry. Okay, that was the other guy. The killer so th- is Harry. So, okay, being completely honest now, I tended to zone out a lot during those radio conversations mm-hmm. because of the way the 
the audio was. They were kind yes. of low and sounded distant, like a telephone. They tried to make it seem more realistic, like you were listening to the radio. But to me, it just started sounding like gibberish. So half the time, I think I missed that the villain in this was even calling in. And then we just get to these ongoing messages about farts and I don't know what the fuck else they were talking about, but it would just go on for like five minutes of random people calling in. I I feel like I missed something. I probably should have paid better attention, but it no, didn't I don't, you didn't really miss anything. Yeah, it did not. It, and the only calls that pulled you in were the calls from Harry and Harry was the actual killer. So it's, I don't know. It, it could have used some work. Like what, what's the deal? What? <laughs> There was no, there was no twist. I guess I'm spoiled now by Shyamalan twists. Like what's <laughs> no Shyamalan twist. No, no, nothing special really here. No, it was extremely poor writing. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, to have the villain not be related to the characters in any, any way is so cheap. Why bother I mean, she, then? Like I could write a movie that seems like it's super interesting and then just have, oh, this is some, this is John Doe, the killer, who's never been in the movie at all until the scene. Yeah, may, maybe <laughs> we should talk about some of our theories quickly before we end up spoiling it. The thing that got me was we could sit here and name most of the characters in the movie. This cast wasn't very big, right? Mm-mm, no. Yeah. Like there were, there were a couple random, um, Real estate agents that you didn't hear from much, but it's mainly because they were about to get killed off right away. As far as like main characters, there was the little A team from the radio station. There were like four guys there. There were the two cops. There was the Frazier guy and his real estate kingpin girlfriend. And then there was a couple people at the boardroom. That was, there really weren't that many options for people who could well, eventually be the killer. They, they well, do even- set up. Sorry, go ahead, Rebecca. I was going to say, even some of our ideas were people that weren't necessarily characters, but thoughts of them being characters. Because you yeah. kind of had to rule out some people as you went along. Right. Because he right. would murder yeah. people. The, yeah, the, main, would... the, main, the main person we thought it was going to be was the Resnick character, who was the, the sexist uh, realtor who owned the Pillar Company, who was Adrian Barbeau's competitor, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like this is like playing Clue, but at the end, some asshole pulls out like a homemade card and is like, <laughs> "Exactly, oh, dude, it was Doctor yes. Pepper. It was Doctor Pepper yes. with yes. the." Uh, that with is the, the yeah. perfect analogy. That is exactly what happened. Oh, so that's so why I did it with a razor blade. Yes. Yeah. So think yeah. about that, listeners. <laughs> you're you're settled in for a nice night of Clue, and you've been playing for two hours, and you get to the end. And some dickhead pulls out a card that he drew and made up everything himself. <laughs> and there would have been no way you could have figured out who it was by playing it's, by the rules. It's fucking Steve from the Getty Mart. With how the gas shitty over. would you feel and how angry would you feel? Because that is exactly what this movie does. It was you the enjoyed, nacho cheese. <laughs> you enjoyed some aspects of the game. You liked the game's idea and everything. And you get to the end, you're like, wait, I couldn't have figured this out if I wanted to. And playing the game was a complete waste of time. Biggest letdown ever. We all have kids. <laughs> you ever play a, a made-up game with your kid in a game that they made up themselves? There's no way you can ever win because the rules <laughs> constantly change. Exactly. That's how this feels. It's just pointless. It's freaking pointless. That's oh, yeah, so and, disappointing. And to top it all off, the little narrative that your buddy wrote on the back of his homemade card, 
That sucks too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the problem is they introduced a bunch of different plot lines. They had a plot line of David, the radio host, and Adrian Barbar Barbo, the realtor lady, having some secret love affair, which played out in no way of importance in the movie. But they spent Why was a it secret. I don't know, but they spent a lot of time with that. She was a secret caller in and would use a secret voice so that she sounded seductive and stuff. And then he would go over there and have have the sex with her. And it didn't can, it didn't matter because who cares? All, Can we all it did talk all about it, that then. All it did was establish that he cares for her and establish that she was going to help him get rating. But it did right? establish one thing: baby carrots turn him on, and I'm pretty sure he sticks him up his butthole. Okay, <laughs> what were the things that he loved that made him romantic? It was candles, mm-hmm. music. No, no, he was, was he it? was wine. He was counting candles. There were three candles for wine and something. And baby carrots. Baby carrots. Was it balloons? And then there was balloons. balloons. Oh, it might have been balloons. Wine, balloons, and baby carrots. So do we, is that what we're going with? We're pretty sure he sticks the carrots up his butthole. Or maybe he has a pet rabbit that he likes to feed. Oh, like Richard Gere, how Richard Gere sticks hands oh, up his butthole. Oh, no. I mean, stuff's got to go up the butthole, right? You guys are with me on that, right? It never has to. Open that I mean, house this- if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what, is that what the balloons are for? <laughs> you stick the balloon in, then you blow it up. Yeah. Uh, then this is, this is I mean, the, this is it works for heart surgery. Why not the anus? The, this is still the eighties. You guys are pretty progressive for the eighties here. <laughs> it's true. They probably didn't get that creative in their butthole stuff. But uh, other plot lines. Um, that plot line of the 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 love the sex love relationship whatever irrelevant to the main plot of the story and, and went nowhere, served no purpose. The other one, I guess was the only point, was Adrian Barbeau and this other realtor, Resnick. Their whole conflict between each other was a main point in the movie, maybe served like 30 minutes of the movie of them going back and forth about shit. Again, served nothing to the main plot of the movie. No, right? that's not no, Except that's not to throw true. us off. Yeah, that, that was that, a red okay. herring. That was a red herring for but sure. But there was a lot dedicated to that. Yeah, yeah it was an intentional red herring. But the thing is, when you're going to go that hard on a red herring, you have to you have to either really disappoint the audience by just making the red herring true, or you have to make it not true and make it worth it. Right? They did like they did almost worse. It wasn't the red herring. Oh yes, I did it, and then it was nothing else. I think because so much time was spent towards that plot point, it angered me when, in the end. It, it wasn't relevant anymore. Do you know what I mean? Right. I Yeah, I would have been, fi- I was angry too, but I would have been fine if it was something else that was totally worth it. Then I would have thought all that time they put to the red herring was, was worth it. Can we talk about the scene that ended that plot line? That- oh, oh man. yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Rebecca. Please do. So he shows up at a house um, that he's going to sell to, or he's going to sell for the dominatrix. But let me let me interrupt quickly because okay. I I seriously can did you mansplain not understand. to her a little bit? No, no, <laughs> and I resent that see, term. See, I understand this term. I get it. I get this term. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just got to do it every time you interrupt her. <laughs> I I don't know why he was at the house. I'm trying to ask why he was there. I don't. Because she it. said he could sell the house for her if. He would have sex with her. She right. was the owner of the house. Correct. She was the owner of the house. So she was not another real estate agent. No. So wait, she does, was not a real does estate he still agent. get his percentage? Well, not anymore because he's 
Well, I mean, but I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but he's he's not going to be around to collect the money. You not going to not going to work <laughs> here anymore. He's going to be selling the house. Uh. <laughs> so he goes over there to have sex with her in order to be able to sell her house, and at some point we kind of miss when it actually happens. But she thinks he jumps in the pool outside, but it's yeah. really him being decapitated i I think he's just like pinching loaves in the backyard or something i mean (laughs) why was he pinch loaves i play croquet out there (laughs) wow i love that movie by the way but why was he back there i don't know because the last we had seen him he was peeing in the bathroom bathroom. and then it's a confusing scene and it's not edited well and you couldn't tell what was going on it introduced you to him peeing in a bathroom all the while like you're showing the killer off screen like doing something and then all of a sudden his sharpening an axe that he found in the world's tiniest stump and instead of actually showing him getting his head cut off you just see his head roll outside it didn't make any sense unless maybe the cut we watched was missing scenes or something but it was very hard to understand next question if you decapitate somebody and throw them in a swimming pool you're not just going to come out and jump in the pool. There's going to be blood everywhere. You're going to be able to see. It was nighttime, a, Todd. The, <laughs> the night no, shadows no, cover everything. No, that pool was lit up. There were lights everywhere. You would see a pool. How do you know the pool was blood. lit up? You were just looking at her butt cheeks the whole time. You lying. <laughs> well, they were clearly shit. visible under the water, so I always see yeah. it was lit well. P.S. <laughs> uh, the scene had butt cheeks. I did notice. This in in this scene, they make a point to show the killer. After he murders somebody, a small kitten comes along and he picks it up, right? And it kind of made everybody nervous because we thought he's gonna kill it. But he puts it back down. He's like, "Go away, kitty," or whatever. So he, to me, that meant the killer had some sort of morals, yeah, right? Yeah. He's not mad at the cat. Cat did nothing to him. This is actually our first sign that the killer has a purpose. Sort of. In a way. Right. It's not clear. It's not clear at all. But now, in hindsight, it shows that there was some sort of rhyme or reason to why he was killing people. Right. Um, He wasn't just um, killing everything and anything that got It's a stretch. Exactly. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that. That's a stretch, I think. No, I don't think that's a stretch, because otherwise they wouldn't have that scene in the movie. What was the point of that scene otherwise? Nothing was the point of that scene. Well, what was the point of some of the other scenes? What was the point of any... Your you Trent mean? Reznor character was sitting in an office and he tells this dude, I'm paying you for a job and you're going to do the job. That guy never comes back in the goddamn movie. And all the while, he has a jumping penis thing jumping around on his desk. There's no. like seven things in that scene that make no goddamn sense. I, and you're telling the me point, the cat is key. I think the point of Resnick was to paint him as a sexist man. Like there was a bunch of scenes where he's like talking down to these women and he treats them as as things and not as people he has what no respect he? for these women the whole point you said earlier was that he's supposed to be a red herring he's supposed to be the killer you're supposed to think he's the killer if he has no respect for these women and no, he constantly talks shit about keep them bringing up the women i'm not talking about the women he's at his table he's talking to a guy in a leather jacket telling about how he's paying him for a job so he better do the job that guy never comes back that's what i'm saying there are plenty of scenes in this movie that don't mean anything so why is the cat the linchpin? Oh, the yes. cat sheer, clearly shows the killer's not just some crazed person who just kills everything. He has <laughs> motivations, I think. It shows that he's human. Yeah. yeah. He's not some, like, 
of monster. I mean, he actually talks. That's the first time I think you hear him talk other than, oh, I guess that's fair. fair. And by that point, you've already heard him talk on the radio, though, too, right? Right. Dude, if, if we would have showed uh, him kill yeah. that cat, that you would have thought differently, right? Yes. I would have. So my only point is, I, there are other scenes in the movie that appear to make no sense. So I agree. it wouldn't surprise yes. me if that scene also just makes no sense. Okay. I think that scene combined with the end is designed to make you feel somewhat empathetic for the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you can't feel empathetic after the end. <laughs> no, I really think I think that's their goal. They want you to feel like, oh, oh, poor poor guy. <laughs> Should we talk about the end? Before we talk about the end, can we talk about all the precursor events to the killer showing up on screen, like the dog canned food thing? Well, I thought it was interesting that these canned foods they would show you throughout the movie were just like white label. It's a dog that food was, or beer that was or awesome. whatever. Like that's so <laughs> cheap that they couldn't get product placement in their movie. Even like a fake product, like, seriously, they didn't even try. They didn't bother. Like ah, fuck it. Beer. Print it out white. <laughs> Some that's some low effort right there. Was there any significance to the dog food cans? Why was it always dog food cans? Why was he eating dog food? Yeah, couldn't tell you. It's or is it just because he's delicious? So okay, that's where I'm confused. To kind of get to the end, it reveals that he was squatting in one of the houses that the realtor sold, which made me think, okay, that's why he was eating dog food. He didn't have anything else, but right. unless he took it with him. <laughs> Why did he always have dog food? Maybe yeah. he just developed a taste for it, and that's yeah. that's really what satisfied him. Killing yeah, and think dog food. I feel like the dog food thing was just supposed to be a connection to homelessness. Because <clears throat> the killer was supposed to be homeless. Yeah, he was a homeless man. So at the very end of the movie, it is revealed he's just some random dude. You never saw him before in the movie. But he is a homeless guy, and he is angry and murdering people because he himself cannot afford to buy a house. The housing market is out of control, and when these kind of things happen, you have to resort to killing people. Right? Yeah, he's pretty much just killing people for buying excessively priced houses. Which makes no sense. <laughs> How does killing these people solve anything? How does it lower the house prices for him? It doesn't. It ah. doesn't. No, it's no. strategic. Because then people say, okay, this guy only murders people who buy houses worth a million dollars. I'm going to buy a house for 800000 and then he's not going to kill me. Which then lowers the, the value of all other houses. Oh. Or I don't something. know if that's <laughs> that <laughs> okay, really yeah. I don't know how that works out. <laughs> What'd you guys think when that uh, when that was uh, shown? Like, wh- what did you think that about that reveal? I felt like that scene in Metalocalypse when he gives him the birthday present. That's what I felt like. I got you your favorite. Nothing. Yeah. Disappointed. I was to really, be fair, this, I was really disappointed. This guy's like mildly, he's mentally handicapped to a bit, right? I mean, he at least a little bit. Oh, he's he crazy. seems off I mean, in some way. Beyond crazy. crazy, though. He, the way he talks, he's not... Uh, it doesn't seem all there. It, I guess he's it, just crazy. To me, and I don't know how you guys think this movie could have been fixed, but 
I feel like if maybe his house was foreclosed on or something related to real estate. Right. Or, like, he's shown near the beginning where, like, he gets a raw deal on something. Something related to real estate. He that buys the house he was a the real estate pay- agent that had <laughs> yeah. his business taken down by but, this female real this, estate company. But why would a homeless man ever feel like they could buy a house where they have no money to begin with? I, well, I, have, a, I have another... I have another change though too. Either that, either something related to real estate, or he doesn't kill the people necessarily. He just burns down the rich people houses with the rich people inside. Because then he'd be burning the houses down. Yeah, that too. would make more yeah, sense. That, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Just something. Like, why like be that? mad at the real estate agents? They don't set the prices. Like, or like those real. You know what I mean? Like they're not. <clears throat> dry. I have another theory. I think this started out as the Money Pit Two. <laughs> and Tom Hanks is like, I'm not touching that shit with a 40 foot pole. And they're like, well, uh, we'll just turn it into a slasher movie. There you go. That's it. That's it. That's, that's where this came from. I do have other things I want to touch on, but. Touch it, Chris. I have a game, Rebecca, too. Do you have a game? I think I it's do. time we play. The real estate fact quiz. The real estate fact quiz. Factually inaccurate. Oh, I forgot my pen. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh she I forgot did. her I pen. I got, it. I got it. She found her forgot pen. Forgot the pen. Bacon and scrambled eggs. Bow, bow. Uh, this is going to be Price is Right rules, okay. all number answers. Um, all right, so let's start off with some prime real estate. What do you think the estimated value of the White House is? Thirty-two million. Whoa. Estimated value. Thirty-two. It's <sighs> so hard because it's a. It's not a. <sighs> Todd, no googling. I'm Googling something else. Are we talking about just the <clears throat> the actual land value and the value of the structure? Not yes. the not like the historical value. significance exactly. or no. Okay. No, just the the property itself. Well, it's prime property too, it's though. Got right. now. So many rooms too. Yeah. So much room for activities. <laughs> You say price is right rules? There's price probably is like right a rules. Sweet fortress underneath the ground too. I'm going oh, 32 totally. million. I'm going to go 45 million. 50. Okay, Aaron gets that one. It is 110 million dollars. Holy Damn. shit. Yeah. Damn. Why don't we sell that thing and Mercy. lower some of our uh fiscal debt? Um all right. How many times more vacant houses are there in the U.S. than homeless people? Oh. This is topical for the movie. 15. <laughs> 100. Uh, 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 27. Uh, you're all over. Oh. Go lower than 15. Three. Three. Lucky Nine. number three. Nine. Eleven. Uh, Todd gets that one. There are five times the number of houses as homeless people. That's not in too the bad. US. 
That's so shitty. Yeah, it is. That's awful. Nah, those there are, are like five houses for every homeless person. No, I see. I think they're doing the math wrong, though. I think like they're counting if it's a house that can support four people. They're saying you could fit four homeless people in it. I yeah, don't think those homeless people don't want to live with random other homeless people. <laughs> with random I, th- I think they already are, are what living is a with other random shelter. Then, <laughs> um, all right. How many years after its demolition was the Seattle Kingdome paid off? Huh. Oh 20. God, thirteen. Um. 17. Uh, Todd gets that one. 15 years. It was wow. completely demolished, and they still had to pay for it for 15 years. This, ah, these governments, local governments that do this shit are just <laughs> idiots. Um, so if the Earth doesn't do it for you, how much can you buy an acre on the moon for? Ooh. $10,000. Who owns the moon to be able to sell plots of land? Nobody. I'm not sure. I think this company just kind of makes not buying it up. Anything. Yeah, it's like buying a I'll piece of paper that says that you can. Right. Yeah, that's, that's your star. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be like 200 bucks. It's some kind of novelty thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventy dollars. Uh, you're all over. <laughs> Go lower Whoa. than seventy. <laughs> Fourteen bucks. <laughs> I think I saw it for $9.99 on Woot.com. <laughs> Chris? Chris had a stroke uh, over there. Uh, $25. <laughs> Chris gets that one. 30 bucks will get you an acre of land on the moon. <clears throat> um, what's the typical house size in developing countries? A thousand <laughs> square feet. That's pretty vague. Uh, 400 uh, square feet? 100, oh, 101 square feet. Oh, really? 500 square foot, then. Um, You're all over. Wow. What? <laughs> 30 square feet. What the? How's the room I'm sitting in now is like... <laughs> by t- it's like 120. The closet's like 30 square feet. <laughs> I know. Our, yeah. We are so lucky. <laughs> what Aaron, is it? What's your guess? Ah, uh, my second guess? Yes, your second guess. 40 square feet. No, that's too small. God, okay, fine. 40 square feet. Chris? 30. That's what Todd said. 31. <laughs> okay, Aaron gets that one. 75 square feet. Wow. I oh. guess, like, tiny houses are... I, I guess you just get, like, big. bunk beds or something. Yeah. Everybody pack just... it all in. How many acres of land does the U.S. government own? 300,000. Way more than that. Way more than that. Yeah, 2.1 million. 5 million. They own own all of it because none of us really actually own our (laughs) land anyways. But if we're (laughs) counting like parks and uh, yeah, I'm going to say 200 million. Uh, Aaron gets that one. 700 million acres of land. That's a lot of acres. That's a lot of land. That's ridiculous. Comments after your comments. Right <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um, all right. Warren Buffett 
still lives in the house that he bought in 1958 for how much money? $7,300. $5,000. 14000 What a cheap bastard. He's so <laughs> rich, too. Why are you not buying one of them mansions up in here? Aaron gets that one. $31,500. That's a fairly nice house at the time, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. That's why he's so rich, man. Yeah, he doesn't he's spend any money. Invest. But what uh, do you do with it? Right. But to be fair, he gives a lot of his away, too. And he, a- and he actually pays taxes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the richest person in India built a 27-story house worth how much? It's India. $7? dollars <laughs> 800000000 no. million. You are uh, so racist. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I just <laughs> meant... <laughs> Holy shit. See? This is what we're talking about earlier. 20. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, are you naive or just ignorant? <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. How much one, can your house be worth? One million, like, one million a floor. Twenty-seven million. Uh, I'm gonna say five million. Chris gets that one. One billion dollars. What? Shit. In India? <laughs> uh, last one. How many days did it take to build an um? 30 story building in China. Five. <laughs> now, uh, 10 Completely days. finished or just structural? Yeah. Done. 10 days. Finished. 10 days. Uh, 25 days. days. A month, 30 days. Chris gets that one. 15 days. Holy, Holy shit. shit. You don't want to yeah. go in that building. No. You don't you, go no. Stiff that wind thing, and yeah, that was, thing is whew. over. You, you blow on that thing a little too hard. That thing going downtown. <laughs> All right. Aaron is our winner. He wins job, a lifetime, lifetime supply of baby carrots to do as he pleases. <laughs> <laughs> Lube your butthole. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I do want to ask you guys a question. Is there any other real estate movies you can think of? And I know we did mention The Money Pit earlier, which is a fucking yeah. fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want to limit it to just horror movies because I can't really think of too many other real estate focused movies. Would that Stepford Wives count at all? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Sort of. Yeah, a bit. I can't it's recall like a- another real estate based movie that I've ever seen. Stepford Wives, it's a like a feel like HOA horror movie. Yeah, I feel like there's a could be an interesting movie. Now, what about like not just necessarily real estate, but like the housing uh, industry or the economy? Like the, what was that one with Steve Carell? Uh, oh, I didn't watch that. The Big the, Short. The Big Short. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I mean, it's not necessarily just real estate, but I'm trying to think of anything else. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Hmm. Never, never saw that. There's definitely a shortage of uh, horror, horror theme movies related to the real estate industry. I love you, man. The one guy's a uh, realtor. Paul Rudd is a realtor in that. It's like a half the movie. It's not really the really? focus feel, of the movie. I feel movie. like we might be reaching now. <laughs> <laughs> Slap at the base. It's got rush. I don't know. It's great. <laughs> uh, did you guys think that because like almost all the kills take place during? daytime kind of lessened their effect i mean this movie was campy so it wasn't ever really scary or anything but everything so bright and lit just kind of seemed to like have no impact 
I kind of thought they were looking for contrast because like that first time when she opened the the shower door and saw the dead girl there and yeah. it was like a brand new bathroom and then there's just like blood everywhere and flies yeah. everywhere and I, I really thought they were kind of looking for some weird contrast cuz then they he made his he made his um razor blade mace and he was like slashing people with it and there's just like blood yeah. splatter everywhere again it was like a brand new like white house white bathroom whatever yeah it was a good <clears throat> contrast i guess i just thought it was odd it's definitely odd for a slasher movie yeah so if you were going to make a real estate horror movie how would you make one i kind of have an idea in my head right now you watch like the uh the, the home tv channels where they have like um Oh man! You know, like I'm a part-time j- hamster wrestler, and my wife is a full-time like. You talking about like a found footage version? Yeah, <laughs> like, like found footage version. Like, like one of those that could be yeah. fucking awesome. That's a great idea. <laughs> First time flippers. Yeah, yeah one of those like that. Shows. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. If I'm like a I, murdered person in the wall and <laughs> yeah, get stalked. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. Aaron. Yeah, that you is. You got any ideas? No. Not as good as that. We didn't talk about the music, did we? No, we should touch on the music. I <laughs> thought uh, it ranged from really cool 80s synth that was dark and, and fun and interesting to weird Doogie Hauser music. And then random like three note transitions whenever anything was like might be happening. It was like. That was when that was when his. <laughs> that was when his drugs wore off and he just like went face down on the keyboard and <laughs> left the note on for like felt like minutes and then the note would finally change. I listening to this music literally makes me wonder if they don't just freestyle the whole thing. Like they're just watching the movie straight up plugged into the board, freestyling the whole goddamn thing. It was yeah. uh genre bending because you'd have like lethal weapon sounding like saxophone although albeit it was in cheesy 80 synth and then it would switch to weird creepy horror movie music yeah it was weird But uh, the one notable scene had music from from the great outdoors. Through, <laughs> oh, that was awesome! Dun, 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 dun. I did want to say, you know those those weird like four or five note transition was like. I think they've been replaced nowadays in horror movies with like just loud noises and jump scares. <laughs> I think. Like, I don't watch a lot of modern horror movies, but I think they also get replaced with those hipster people that build those steampunk instruments out of PVC pipes and like saw blades and shit and then take like drums and violin bows and play them. You know the sound I'm talking about if you heard it. It makes like a really distinctive sound that you can't really make on a on a instrument of classical design. See, and- now I'm picturing like the old 40s radio shows where they have like a saw blade and they're like <laughs> I just got blue man group. I'll I'll find it. I'll find it for you. Yeah. It sounds cool. In a hipster way. I don't know. Todd, would you recommend Open House? I was hoping you weren't going to do me first. 
I always do you first, Todd. <laughs> That's what she uh, said. I might even come back to you and do you last again, too. Okay. I'm going to have to say... It's ambitious. I'm going to have to say no on this one, but it's closer than you might think, Chris, because I said I didn't like it. I, I If it had a, high, a highlight reel, I would definitely recommend it. But again, I'm just going to repeat what I said before. I really don't think it's worth the price of admission. There were good parts, but the ratio just wasn't there for me. There weren't enough good parts to make like an hour and 34 minutes worth it. It's like the real good campy kills. Like you could probably just see them on YouTube and save yourself the time. Aaron? I I obviously liked it less than Todd. I I couldn't recommend this. There just wasn't enough campiness or enough fun Rebecca I wouldn't recommend it it was too drawn out for those parts like Todd was talking about those clips that were interesting it wasn't worth it and then the letdown of the end was just no thank you yeah, I think this movie was so close it could have been so close to being mm-hmm. something really cool and memorable mostly because the premise is so interesting and different and I could conf- I could forgive some of the bad writing and the dialogue and all that shit if there was just more kills and it just focused on those. And because the kills that we had were pretty good and pretty fun, like pretty gross. And, you know, they stood out a bit, like especially the first one. It's just uh, the movie was boring. Yeah, I think I, I actually forgot. A, yeah, I forgot about the ending. I would say it's one of two things. More kills, obviously, would have done it for me. But also, if the ending was worth it, I probably would recommend it then. Because you could put up with it then. But the ending's just yeah. not worth it. Right. No, the ending is bad. It's just, it turns, you know, we, we, we just told you what the twist was. And then it ends just like Halloween. The guy gets shot and falls out the window. Like, And then he's uninspired. still alive. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was dull. The movie was boring. And had a lot of wasted potential. Yeah. All right, guys. That'll do it for our open house. If you like what you heard, go to the iTunes.coms and leave us a review. Uh, make sure you go to our website, badmovienightpodcast.com, and check out our video show. I believe I will be dropping an episode on Beasties. Should be out now, or if not now, in the next few days. So make sure you go to our website, badmovienightpodcast.com, and check that out. Find all our other older podcasts and other video reviews, and you can send us a message if you'd like. We'd love to hear some requests, so check us out. All right, we will catch you next week when we watch some movie. <laughs> close it. One, close this. Close this thing out. Close. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right, close guys. It up see you already. next week. All right. Peace out. Keep it spank. Uh, don't put your house up for sale. Some crazy guy's gonna come kill you. All right. Later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Bad Movie Night Podcast. If you have any questions or recommendations, send us an email at info at badmovienightpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) You must be crazy. Man, I've seen some bad films. Man, I've seen some bad films. When I say bad, I didn't watch them all the way through. If I had, hmm. I'd be crazy by now. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.